What's up, everybody? Welcome back in another edition of the First in Orange podcast. Parker Gabriel here, Ryan McFadden over there, uh, Denver Post. Broncos reporters coming to you on the short week. Um, Broncos lost Sunday, obviously, to the Jets. They turn right around and they play at Kansas City on Thursday night. Ryan and I both in transit on the way to, well, Arrowhead Stadium eventually. Uh, later on today, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. So, uh, Ryan, divisional action coming up. Uh, should be an easy win for Denver, right, against the Chiefs? Uh, if maybe in another universe. <laughs> but in this in this universe, no, it won't be. It's going to be – I mean, it, it'll be interesting, right? I mean, prime time, Thursday night, who knows, maybe even uh, your, your favorite NFL storyline, Taylor Swift, could be in the house. Um, you never know. But one, one way or another, it's a interesting and, and sort of uh, – I don't want to – I mean, Dyer might be stretching it a little bit, but it's sort of a dire situation for the Broncos. I mean, they're one in four. Uh, they've got three games to go here before the bye week and the bye week for the Broncos purposes essentially doubles as the trade deadline, which is uh, Tuesday, October 31st. So you've got this situation where you're teetering on the point of it's already obviously a really bad start. You're teetering on the point of, um, you know, whether it's salvageable in any way, shape or form. And on top of that, um, you know, you've got two games against, against Kansas City in 17 days beginning tomorrow with a visit from the Packers um, sandwiched in between those. So, uh, Ryan, I guess let's just start maybe broad and then we'll zero it in. What what do you make of where the Broncos sit right now and, and what the next couple of weeks hold for them? Uh, I don't think they're in a good spot. Uh, I, I probably said it a million times by now. I felt like this schedule, the, the way the schedule was structured for the Broncos, it was they were – had they had winnable games where they can jump out to let's say three and two, four and one, where yep. when you got to this point in the season, if let's say they go one and two against the Chiefs or lose both or um lose all lose to the Chiefs, both games to the Chiefs, uh, and lose to the Bills after the bye week, you're still in that competitive spot. Now you went from that to now you could potentially see this team losing the next four games. Yep. And I know the, the Packers are struggling, I know Jordan Love. Has had his hard has had a hard time getting acclimated to that starter role and taking over as the new franchise quarterback since Aaron Rodgers in New York. But this is the same Denver team that let the Jets just run them out the stadium. Yeah, they let a Commanders team who allowed forty to the Bears come back, and they lost to the Raiders in Week One. So you're sitting here like, like yeah, they had that. Packers game in sandwich in between two tough matchups against Kansas City, but there there has they have not shown me so far this year that they can win those winnable games, and that's to me that's the hardest thing. If you're not winning the winnable games, the games that you go in there as a favorite and even as a matchup favorite in different aspects uh, of the game, and you still figure out a way to lose. I have no confidence in this team moving forward. Now, I don't think they're just going to have one win for the rest of the year, but it's. I feel like it, it can get even worse just because they don't know how to beat the teams that they should be. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think right now, like obviously we that we'll see what happens Thursday night, and you never know how you know teams come out of it health wise or whatever. But like right now, I think against my better judgment, I would probably 
if you're asking me right now who wins, you know, um, not this coming weekend, but next weekend when the Packers come come to Empower Field, I probably would lean toward Denver. But it just, like you said, I mean, it's hard to – that's not based in much of a lot of, like, what's happened on the field. I mean, it is, but ultimately the results have been that they're 0-3 at home, and they're 0-3 at home in games that they were favored in against teams that – you know, obviously you thought differently about the Jets before Aaron Rodgers got hurt, but you're talking about three teams that probably aren't playoff teams in the Raiders, the Commanders, uh, and the Jets. So it's been – there hasn't been very much in terms of good news. And then now uh, Eric Eager at Sumer Sports, friend of the program, uh, tweeted out the other day that the Broncos, by their model, at Sumer have the hardest schedule remaining in the NFL, the, tough, the single toughest strength of schedule Two, obviously, against the Chiefs starting tomorrow night. They've got the Bills on the road on Monday night. They've got two, both games against the Chargers left. Um, you know, it doesn't get easier from here. Cleveland is, uh, you know, if if uh, the Jets ran for 234 yards, obviously Cleveland's not Nick Chubb. There's just not a – there's not games on the schedule that you look at and go, oh, well, they'll be fine in that one. So it's an interesting – it's an interesting position to be in. And obviously this is going to be a big part of the – of the conversation over the next couple of weeks, but I thought it was interesting. Drew some rise smiles around the uh, beat group yesterday, Ryan, when, when Sean Payton, obviously only one, one, uh, one day over there of access this week, just with the short week, but we were over there yesterday and Sean Payton in his news conference was asked about the trade deadline. And he said, yeah, we're not trying to do business with any of our players and we answer the phone, but we're not shopping anybody and all that. And, three weeks seems like an eternity till a trade deadline. And that's just all, that's fine, you know, and that may be sort of the position that they're in right at this moment. Um, but you've got to figure the way it's going, um, that the Broncos are going to be one of the key players um, in on the trade market um, as October 31st gets closer. Yeah, most definitely. Like, I, I, I wasn't expecting Sean Payne to go out with his way and say, yeah, if we lose, if we lose on Thursday night, we're we're selling this. We're, Sell the farm, baby. Yeah, we're selling the farm, and and we're moving forward. I, I wasn't gonna expect that, um, but yeah, it's you. But you and you have to think realistically here. Where, like you said, we were there one and four. You got two matches against the Chiefs in in a span of three weeks, and after the bye, you got the Buffalo Bills. If if you're you're talking about if this team could be very well sellers at the deadline because you're. If you're at a point where you only have two wins or one one win after this three game stretch, then or no wins at all. Like if you had if you lose in these next three games against the Chiefs and the the Packers, I think it's time to you have to start you have to start thinking about that. You have to start thinking about all right, how can we get more future picks down the road? Um, who who on this roster? can lead us in that direction and get into future picks. And I think that's where you have to wonder is will Sean Payne get to that point where it's like, yeah, I can't, I, I was wrong. I was completely wrong with this team. I was completely wrong about the situation when I got it. Let me just, let's just grind this out, sell, uh, trade some guys we can probably get draft capital for. Um, and let's just go into next year trying to build this franchise into my image. And I think that's where he has to look at because this it's hard to look at this team to make a complete turnaround right. when you guys when they can't even freaking tackle anyone and yep. you let 
and you let the com- you let, like I said, you let the commanders come back and you lost to the Jets, who did not have Aaron Rodgers and they were playing with Zach Wilson as the quarterback. So if you're at that spot and you're at one and four at one and four, it's hard, it's hard to imagine this team trending in the right direction. And we could I I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I right. could be wrong. And if they magically make a run, I'll be the one to say it on this podcast that I was wrong. Yeah. Um, but but through five games, they have they have not proven anyone wrong. Yeah, no, um, no they have not. Yeah, you're exactly right. That, and that's interesting, Ryan. Because uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's no, because, because last year, like for all the whatever last week was Hackett week, we don't have to you know keep going back to that necessarily. But one of the things that that Hackett kept saying last year, um, you know, they were in a similar spot, but they at least were you know, three and three. And then, and then it kind of went off the rails from there, but they, they had, um, he kept saying, you know, the thing about the NFL is you just got to get hot in the middle of the season at some point, like you just got to, if you win three or four games in a row, it doesn't really matter like where you started, um, you know, that stretch. If you win three or four in a row, you're probably in the conversation. And that like, that is true, but the, that's true this year for the Broncos, but We've already covered that the schedule seems to make that a pretty daunting proposition given what's coming up. And then the other thing is like you you have to make a decision before October 31st about whether you're going to, you know, try to get some draft capital for some guys and all that. And so you're just like you don't the only way they can win three in a row before the trade deadline is to beat the Chiefs twice, which they haven't they haven't beat them once since 2015. So, you know, the odds of that are obviously extremely long. And then it just becomes a matter of one of the most interesting parts about the trade deadline will be just what do they see as good enough return, right? I mean, they obviously, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy were the subject of trade rumor and, and trade talk between teams um, for most of the summer. And you know, George Payton and Sean Payton said they had, they wanted, they had, you know, they weren't just trying to give players away. They had high, you know, prices on both those guys. They didn't get what they wanted. And so they kept both of them. Now, half a season later, you just wonder how, you know, maybe it's not different. Maybe they'll hold the price high on those guys and keep them if, if they don't get what they're looking for. But you just wonder with a half a season of data with this roster, um, if there are guys that they think a lot, you know, quite a bit differently about in terms of what they'd be willing uh, to to, you know, take as the return. Yeah. And and, and to me, I think it's going to be a tough decision because um, you can look at it. I think I think ultimately it'll come down to is Sean Payne is going to have to as much as like sports is all about, you know, staying in the moment and players and coaches say we got to focus on it now. I think Sean Payne has to look at it. All right what can I do to like at least get this ball rolling right. either next year or the year after that, because I can't do this every single time. So that's where I feel like he, when they, when they're sitting in those meeting rooms about in terms of trade, then that's what they have to look at. Yeah. All right. Is there a certain guy that can help us recoup some draft capital that can help us down the road or, It'll be interesting, and and it'll be interesting if they magically beat the Chiefs twice, or even once, or they beat the Chiefs, or they beat the Packers and beat the Chiefs once. I think we're looking at a different conversation um, uh, instead of selling. Do they look like, all right, can we turn this around and still make the playoffs? 
But if you are trying to bring someone in through the trade market, what are you willing to give up and how much are you willing to give up that you've already done already um, in the past? So it's they're in a very tough spot. And it's like it is so hard when you think of every scenario, hard to see things going the right way. Yeah. Or going in a way where they can just flip this around overnight. And And like I said, I really believe. To me, I feel like Champagne may underestimated how tough of a spot Denver is in overall with everything from the roster, from contracts, all that, where he maybe he did think he can just come in and all they needed was him and some good coaching to turn the ship around. I, it, it's, we're so far, we're seeing it's going to take a lot more than that. And this trade deadline is going to be huge. And these next three games are going to be huge because I think that's going to decide the direction they're going to take moving forward. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And and it's it, one of the things I thought, you know, Sean Payton, the, the, the line, you know, we're not do, trying to do business with any of our players, obviously got the most attention. But I thought it was very interesting. You know, it's maybe not a huge surprise, but I think it's telling when he was talking about he and George Payton and they talked three or four times a day and all this. And he said, you know, we feel like we have a good handle on our roster next year and the vision for the, you know, foundation of our roster next year. And part of the reason why that's interesting is because if you go down the list, um, you know, aside from Russell Wilson, we all know what his contract status is. That five-year extension doesn't even kick in until until next year. Um, but if you go down after that, I'm looking at over the cap right now. If you go by cap number down from there, you know, Cortland Sutton, uh, no guaranteed money left on his deal after this year. Justin Simmons, same thing. Garrett Bowles, same thing. DJ Jones, same thing. Josie Jewell. Uh, free agent after this year then you've got you know McGlinchey and Allen obviously new new you know free agents this year going to be around for a while so but those guys Sutton Simmons Bowles Jones Jewel and then a couple other guys a little further down the list Frank Clark obviously free agent after this year just signed the one-year deal it's not that like oh just trade all of them but when Sean says we've got at least a pretty good handle on what we sort of like what we think about our roster for next year, those guys, they're not going to tell us, obviously, but they know, generally speaking, who from that group, hey, we're re- interested in maybe restructuring this guy or extending this guy, bringing the cap hit down or they're doing good things for us now, but we're not winning and we don't really see them as a part of the future. And if that one, if that's the answer for any of those guys, whether it's Simmons or Garrett Bowles or DJ Jones or whoever, that's when the price comes down at the trade deadline. That's when you're saying like, well, realistically, you know, we're thinking that this guy's either taking a major, you know, pay cut or we're releasing him after the year. Um, that's when that's that those are the guys who those decisions get easier at the trade deadline when you're out of it it's a tougher situation if you're thinking like and i don't know exactly who this would be maybe it's justin simmons because he's been here for so long and he's done so much you know maybe if you're thinking about trying to extend him a couple years manage the cap number it becomes harder to part with or jerry judy you know he's got the guaranteed fifth year option um maybe there you're you go into the year thinking hey um, you know, we're going to try to extend him um, a couple of years or whatever. Um, but if that's not the case for those guys, then it becomes much easier to, to you know, survey the market, get the best deal you can and say, we'll do now what we were likely going to do in January anyways. Yeah. It, it, like I said, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch how this plays out. Um, 
especially when you look at guys like, you know, Bowles, look at Justin Simmons, Josie Jewell, especially Simmons. Um, it, I feel like I think that's probably one player I think a lot of people probably want to keep the, their eye on Yeah. Um, uh, when it gets to that point. Um, just because maybe out of all the guys they potentially want, if they are indeed selling, he probably he might be the guy who they can get a, quite a bit from him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's and like a, it's going to be interesting to see what they do at the, at the deadline and and how these. It's crazy how these next three games could probably decide the direction the direction they take. Yep, no doubt. They were in a tough spot last year where they won in London and they got to three and five, and you know, players sort of like, we can get back in this. They had Tennessee, I think, coming out of the bye week, and they still, you know, George Payton, ultimately, they got a first-round pick for Bradley Chubb, and they said, okay, we just, we have to do this, um, and we'll try to win without him, and they did not. Um, so, you know, you, it's, like I say, it's sort of, the, it's the biggest story over the next uh, couple of weeks. But obviously, too, Ryan, I mean, let's, before we jump here, short week, short pod, but uh, before we jump, we should talk, about Thursday night and, and maybe about the Chiefs in general, just given that they're up up twice on the schedule coming in here. They're an interesting group because they've been good offensively, but they haven't been um, sort of like what we've seen from them in recent years in terms of the otherworldly, you know, by far the best offense in the NFL. Uh, but the defense has been good. You know, by the metrics, the defense has been top 10 in the NFL so far through through five weeks. So, if Denver, I mean, we know we know the Broncos are going to have to score, you know, in order to 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 beat uh, Kansas City, be a major upset. Kansas City is a ten and a half point favorite. But what's what's the key, I guess, for the Broncos' offense if they're gonna if they're gonna play well and if they're gonna try to score, you know, with the Chiefs on Thursday night? I think I think for me, it's the key. It's going to be slowing down the run game. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the keys right there. And, and when we are dealing with the Chiefs. It can be a lot of things you got to do to pull to pull up a victory against them. Um, we know how good Patrick Mahomes is, Travis Kelsey. I'm not I'm not sold on their wide receivers just yet. I I think they've underperformed. Um, and but that run Isaiah Pacheco, I think that's going to be key right there. We saw in the New York game how much the run game just changed the direction of that game. Yep. Um, I think right there, that's going to be the key. They're going to have to slow down the run. Um, and that's something they have struggled mightily this year. Uh, so that's that for me, when it comes to, on the defensive side, that that's going to be that's going to be the biggest thing is slowing down that run game. It's kind of funny when you talk about Mahomes. I mean, like any you, if you bring up anything, especially like on social media, right? Like the 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 easy they're there's just no way to argue his results against yeah. really anybody, but especially against the Broncos. He's never lost against the Broncos. Every single time the Chiefs have played Denver with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback, they've won. Obviously, we know this 15 in a row uh, going back several years. The the one thing that the Broncos have done decently well against him over the last couple of years is they figured out a way to turn him over. You know, they turned him over three times in one of the games last year. They got him in the other game. I think um, Josie Jewell, I can't remember exactly – late season last year sort of runs together. He either got him twice in one game or he got him once in each. But, like, they have figured out ways, even as Mahomes has racked it up against them, to to create takeaways. And they're, I think they're going to have to do that, you know, tomorrow night in order to, to stay in the game. And it was interesting listening to Sean Payton talk about Mahomes. And, you know, one of the things he sort of marveled at among many is 
for as much as he moves around and for as much as he creates and for as, as much sort of like freelancing as he does, um, he just doesn't take all that many sacks. And so, you know, he said he's hard to get to. So if they can, you know, if you, if you can create a couple of takeaways that hasn't been enough uh, for the Broncos in recent years against Kansas city, but like that's still, it doesn't change the fact that that's sort of the start of the recipe. If you're, if you're talking about springing a major upset. So there's that they've got to play in rhythm on offense um, last year, Kansas City went up 28 uh, nothing in Denver, and it looked like it was headed toward uh, Miami 2023 territory. Um, and then the Broncos came all the way back, and they had the ball with a chance to tie the game. Uh, Russell Wilson actually got knocked out of that game with a concussion. Um, so there's been some entertainment value, um, especially last year when these teams have played, but it's a – it's a mighty struggle, man. It's, it has been, and it will be again this year, especially if the Broncos defense keeps playing the way it's it's played so far this season. Yeah, if if, if Denver's defense plays like the way they've done this year, yeah, it's over by halftime. And I don't care if he doesn't have a Tyreek Hill as wide receiver anymore, but if they can't, if they're playing, if the Broncos play the way they've been playing defensively, this is over by halftime. And once again, you're in a situation where you're that Russell Wilson and the rest of the offense are just trying to put enough points on the board to make it look like a competitive game. Um, that's the, that's going to be my biggest concern. If the defense can generate some turnovers, contain the run a little bit, maybe they, they have a shot, but it, it's hard. Like it's hard to see them. They, they haven't done, they haven't done enough. To, they haven't done enough on defense to say, Hey, I think, if it goes, if they do this thing right, they have a shot. Yeah, yeah. It's it just feel like through through four through five weeks, everything has just gone wrong. So it's like it's hard. It's just hard, and I don't think I, I don't think it's going to be a pretty Thursday night for the Broncos. No, I don't think so either. It's amazing, you know. They've given up 938 rushing yards. They're giving up 219 a game over the last four since they held Vegas to 62 in the opener. And that's so that gets rightfully so that gets a lot of attention. That's a historically bad pace, 6.8 yards per carry allowed, not like in a game over four games. So that's bad, but they're also last in the NFL in pass defense efficiency. So it's it gets almost like overshadowed a little bit by how bad they've been against the run, but it hasn't been any better um, against the pass either. Some of that is obviously like 70 is gonna you know tilt your stats for like at least half a season, um, but it it's been bad so. Um, with that, um, I imagine you're picking the Chiefs. Yes, I, I got it at 35 to 20. Uh, Kansas City's going to win on Thursday night. Yeah, I got 37 24. I don't know how exactly I landed on those numbers. I think you know, Russell Wilson and the offense played well in both games against Kansas City last year. I, I think they'll score some, um, even though Kansas City's defense has been pretty good this year. Um, but I just don't. And then you never know. I mean, if it gets out of hand early, then you've always got the sort of like maybe you put a score or two on the board late, that sort of thing. So, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think Kansas City by multiple scores, not going too far out on a limb there. Uh, It's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Uh, We will be there at Arrowhead uh, along with Mark Kisla, our columnist, and we'll have a ton of coverage, obviously, Um, even like through the day tomorrow leading up to the game, but especially like, you know, Late Thursday night uh, into the day Friday, all weekend after that. We've obviously got you covered, denverpost.com slash Broncos. That's it for this week. We will be back uh, next week. Uh, a little bit of uh, recuperation for all parties this weekend, perhaps. Um, a little mini bye week before 
the Broncos get ready for the Packers next week. But Chiefs on deck first. Obviously, we'll be there. We'll have all the coverage for you. That's Ryan. I'm Parker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're watching on YouTube. And we will talk to you soon.